What's up guys? Welcome to episode 48 of the Sports Show with Ben and Dylan. We are here today on a Thursday to give some recaps of the NFL's best games from this past week and weekend. Um, but as we will talk about that as well as give our college basketball predictions uh, for some of the better college basketball games this week. And then talk a little bit about tonight's Thursday night football game between the Patriots and the Rams. But as always, before we get started today, we would like to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is none other than Garden Greens. Garden Greens is by far the best lawn care service around. They have a great staff who will get the job done quickly and efficiently. Garden Greens, helping your garden stay clean. Uh, yeah, so we will get it started with um, some college basketball predictions. Now, we have four games here today. We're going through Thursday. Uh, this past week, we picked some of the games um, that there were some of the week's biggest games. One game, Michigan State, Virginia, got canceled or postponed. Uh, some other games, Duke, Illinois, we picked that one. Illinois came out with a dominating win. Uh, Kansas beat Creighton on a last-second missed free throw from uh, Creighton star Mar Marcus Lebrowski. Um, yeah, and we picked a few more games. But anyway, we'll move on to this week's games. We started off with a solid one uh, in the West. Now we have 23rd ranked with one loss to Villanova. Arizona State, uh, led by Remy Martin, star uh, guard against uh, San Diego State. Now, they had the big season last year where they didn't lose until, I think, February. Uh, but Malachi Flynn, their star was gone, but they got a big win against ranked UCLA, and they're pretty good. Uh, so we'll start with your pick for the game. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, so in this game, uh, I'm going to take I'm going to take San Diego State, the uh, Kawhi Leonard's alma mater. Um, so anyway, besides the point, uh, I'm I like San Diego State in this one. I think I'm taking them. Yeah, so I think San Diego State's good, and I do think uh, they will win the Mountain West this year because they don't really have huge competition. But um, they're not. I don't think they're better than Arizona State. I think Remy Martin. He was a preseason. Well, technically, wasn't like a preseason first team All American, but like. Sort of he was, because they have six guys on it, and he was one of those six. Uh, anyway, he is a stud. I think Arizona State wins this one close, uh, but San Diego State puts up a good showing, and they do go on to have a good season. So we can move on to our next game here, which is an interesting one. Uh, so we have 19th ranked undefeated because of a win against Kentucky, which at this point in time really doesn't look too good. Um, because Kentucky's been pretty bad so far. And then we have West Virginia, who has one loss to uh, none other than number one ranked Gonzaga in the Jimmy V Classic last week. This is a good game. Uh, we'll start with your pick for this one. Yeah, so um, I think this will be I think this will be a good game. Um, in this game, going to take West Virginia. Um, yeah, I, I think they end up winning this one. Um, their their only loss, obviously, like you said, has come to Gonzaga, who is the best team in the country at this point. Um, so I don't think that's too much to worry about there. But um, I am going to take Baylor. Or, sorry, uh, West Virginia. <laughs> uh, 
we we will be talking about Baylor later. But anyway, uh, I I understand the tangent you went on. You were talking about Gonzaga. Yeah, no, I Baylor, was just automatically related to West Virginia. Yeah, no, I was just thinking ahead to the next game we're going to talk about. Yeah, so, so yeah. Uh, so I'm going to pick Richmond this game now. Richmond, we saw this against Kentucky. Obviously, Kentucky. Uh, it's more athletic and more sort of raw inter- and more talented probably. But Richmond is just a better basketball team. And I do think they outplay West Virginia, sne- squeaking out a close one. Uh, Richmond uh, is probably already not, not locked up. They could really choke down the stretch. But I would say uh, they're definitely, at least through the season so far, the uh, front runner in the A10, they've been very good uh, to start off the season, and I think they get uh, their second signature win of the year against West Virginia. As we can move on to the next game, which is quite the game. Now we have Baylor and Texas. Now, what's interesting about this one is Texas. They they lost to Villanova on Sunday, which isn't amazing considering that was the game. I thought they could go in and win. I did pick Nova, but I. I had hope for Texas, but they've had some big wins so far this season, including demolishing Trace Jackson's Davis and uh, Indiana and Garrison Brooks in UN, UNC. Uh, but Texas and Baylor. Baylor, obviously, their big, big game, one versus two. Uh, game against Gonzaga got canceled or got postponed, uh, but they are still a very good team. Who are you picking in this one? Yeah, so um, I already tried to talk about Baylor, but... Um, I, I think they win in this one. Uh, they're the second best team in the country at this point for a reason. Uh, I think Texas uh, will come off uh, a little rough after their week or after their loss to Villanova last week. Um, I think Baylor wins this one pretty handedly. I think with the exception of Kansas, these very well could be the two best teams. In the stack this year, Big 12, there's West Virginia and Kansas also. And despite Kansas being very good, I do have high hopes for uh, Shaka Smart and Texas, Greg Brown. Uh, they look good, but Baylor is just, um, I'd say they established themselves as the best team in this Big 12. Uh, they didn't get to play the Gonzaga game, which obviously sucks because that was a big opportunity for them to move up to number one in the country. But Jared Butler, he is going to have a great season. He's already been well and he's already played well in his game so far. I think Baylor wins this one convincingly, really proving how good of a team they are. And with Gonzaga not really having a signature game this week, it's possible they move up to number one, uh, just because of strength of record, I guess. As we can move on to our fourth and final game here, which is another Big 12 battle. Now, one team, when I was talking about the Big 12, I forgot to mention who is good. Uh, Texas Tech. Now, Texas Tech took a big loss to Houston in the first week of the season, and then they really only, they snuck out an extremely close one last night, uh, 51-44. to They've been iffy so far, but they're still a solid team. Mack McClung, they have some good players. Uh, Kansas, they started off with a loss to Gonzaga, which is definitely acceptable. Uh, yeah, so like I said, this game, it's going to be a good one. We'll start... Uh, with your predictions for Kansas and Texas Tech. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to continue to stay true to the favorites here. I think Kansas uh, wins in this one here. Um, I think they, once again, I, I think this they actually uh, come out and, and take this game, once again, pretty handedly. Um, I think they win this one over Texas Tech. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. 
Kansas, despite an iffy first game, has looked great since. Uh, Jalen Wilson, he is developing into one of the best positionless players in the nation. Uh, we already knew Marcus Garrett was going to be a top defender in the country, but yes, uh, to be a good game, but I do think Kansas will sneak one out. We can move on to our NFL recaps. Uh, yeah, so we'll start with my one of my favorite games in a long, long time. Uh, the Giants traveled to Seattle um, on Sunday to play against, obviously, Russell Wilson, DK. You know, you know the drill. Uh, and uh, it wasn't going well. It was eight. Not there was five nothing at halftime. Could have been nine nothing if it wasn't for a questionable uh, blocked punt that the Seahawks struggled to recover in the end zone, forcing it to be a safety rather than a touchdown. But hey, not complaining. Uh, as for the rest of the half, really not much happened. The Seahawks couldn't really move the ball. Uh, despite us, besides us, uh, Cole McCoy throwing a pick in the red zone, we didn't really move the ball. Um, yeah, that was that. And then all of a sudden, we uh, started rattling off points. So, um, a big run by Wayne Gallman uh, sparked a, a drive that ended in Alfred Morris. Yes, you heard that one right. Uh, if you watched football in 2014, maybe you remember that guy uh, with the Redskins. Um, so, yeah, they scored, and then Alfred Morris got another touchdown. Um, a field goal made it a 17-5 game. The Seahawks drove down the field, uh, punched in a touchdown, uh, which set us up for the rest of the game. Now they went and, and stalled out at, like, the like the 45, I would say, 40, 39, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, but they elected to punt, and then uh, the Seahawks really, they got to around the 50 pretty easily, and then the uh, defense really stepped up, uh, forcing a turnover or turnover on downs. Yeah, the Giants got the win. What did you think of this one? Yeah, so this was a great game, as you mentioned. One of the better games as a Giants fan to watch um, in a while. Uh, I, I thought the, the defense played phenomenally, um, shut down one of the best offenses in the league, held one of the best offenses in the league to just 12 points, so that was impress very impressive. Um, shout out to the Giants' defense, as that has much improved over the last few weeks here. Um, yeah, so I, I think I, I, I would have liked the offense to... Uh, to get going earlier, I think it's going to be difficult to win games down the stretch, not scoring any points in the in the first half. But did have a nice second half, so give Colt McCoy credit on that one for leading uh, this team to to the win. Um, yeah, I thought this was a good win for the Giants. Yeah. Also, shout out. Uh, specific. I'm to the defense, but specifically to Leonard Williams. And I, I think I'll regret this one because I usually regret when I make comments like this. But uh, the franchise tag not looking so bad now. He's played. Uh, well, it's still pretty iffy, but he was awesome on Sunday. He had a huge sack late, and it's looking like and. Um, I don't know if I agree with the statement, but via Bill Simmons from the Ringer, uh, the Giants may send five Pro Bowler or five defenders to the Pro Bowler to the Pro Bowl. Now I don't really agree with this one, but his hypothetical was uh, Leonard Williams, Logan Ryan, uh, Blake Martinez, James Bradbury. Um, maybe it was only four, or missing some. Yeah, I think it was just four. Oh, and Jabril Peppers. There we go. Um, but yeah, it's a great game. Uh, we will crown a player of the game. Who would you give it to? 
Yeah, so uh, also just to touch on that, I don't think that's too far from happening, to be quite honest. I think all these guys are towards the top of their position group in the NFL, um, or it, at least in the NFC for that matter. So I don't think that's too far-fetched. Um, anyway, my player of the game, if I had to give it to a singular player, I'd probably give it to Alfred Boris, scored two touchdowns, but um, as I like to do, I'd give it to the entire Giants defense. Um, I thought they played phenomenally and, and did a good job of shutting the Seahawks down, who I thought were going to completely, maybe not dominate them on the scoreboard, but definitely dominate them uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, so I think my player of the game, so I'm going to get more specific than defense. I'm going to go with just the defensive line. They really, uh, despite being iffy at times uh, this season, they've really stepped up on this four-game winning streak. And, and not everyone has been able to run on us and pass on us. And the defense is finally coming into form uh, under, uh, yes, Patrick Graham, Joe Judge, obviously. And... We're really looking solid now. Granted, uh, this game that we'll get to in a sec uh, it, it sort of um, denied us of me feeling very, very good about the division. But, hey, it's fine. Uh, and we're looking solid. We have a big game against Arizona. That, with Arizona struggling lately and obviously uh, us looking a lot, a lot better, uh, it looks winnable. But we can move on to the next game here. Uh, which is, despite going completely out of order, the Washington football team versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this was a crazy game. Um, an insane upset, one that I did not have, basically didn't think had any chance of happening uh, in this one. The Washington football team beat uh, the Steelers 23-17, to handing the Steelers their first loss of the season and ruining their uh, their... Uh, undefeated bid. Uh, I didn't think that the Washington football team would be the team to do it. Uh, I thought it would probably be uh, the Bills this week or maybe even um, Colts. the Colts. Could have been the Niners at one point. Um, but anyway, uh, it was the Washington football team to, who, who ended up did, doing it. Uh, so give them credit. A good win for them. Yeah, uh, and I quote, and I quote, this spread to be way, way bigger. This is what you said on, um... I think, I mean, anytime you have a four-win team going against an undefeated team, I thought the spread should have been bigger, but... Oh, no, 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 no. I, I understand. I right. agree. It's just yeah. not as funny. Yeah. Also, the Steelers came out, and, well, the spread should have been way, way bigger. They were, they're dominating. Uh, Washington... Uh, got a late field goal to go, or actually his halftime expired, to cut it to 14-3. to and, and then they just took over, outscoring Pittsburgh 16 to nothing in the second half. What a stunner. Uh, if I have to give the player of the game to someone, I think I'll give it to two players on the offense who really stepped up, especially after Antonio Gibson, a uh, very good running back, went out early, and Terry McLaurin was really just silent on Monday. Uh, I'll give it to two guys, Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick. Now, McKissick did absolutely nothing in the run game, basically, uh, but he was very good in the passing game, and obviously Logan Thomas racked up a touchdown. Uh, he had one huge 30-yard play on third down to set him up at the one, uh, the first of their touchdowns. Big game for both of those guys. They would be my players in the game. What about you? Yeah, so 
Um, I think I would agree with that. Uh, I'd probably give mine to Logan Thomas as well, uh, leading the team in receiving yards and scoring that touchdown, as you mentioned. Uh, J.D. McKissick did have a nice game. Um, basically did nothing on the ground, but did all of his work in the air, more or less. Um, yeah, I think I would give it to Logan Thomas uh, on this one. Anyway, we can now move on to our next game. Uh, go back to Sunday, go to the 1 o'clock games. Uh, our next game here was an overtime battle between the Vikings and the Jaguars. Uh, yeah, this is a weird one because it started off one of the weirdest plays of the season. It wasn't that notable, but it was so strange. So basically what happened was Mike Glennon, uh, Jags' third-string quarterback, he he threw up a pass. It could have been picked. It at least could have been knocked down. All of a sudden, with the blink of an eye, it was in LaVisca Chenault's hands, and he was running for a touchdown. It was, it was a weird play that really defined the strange game. Uh, missed field goals were another big thing. Dan Bailey missed, I think, three field goals. Um, one that would have taken the lead with, I think, like five seconds left. Uh, but this game went to overtime. Uh, not a great game from Cook. Uh, good game from Thielen, good game from Jefferson. Like it was, it was an everyday game. But the Vikings ended up pulling it out in overtime. Uh, yeah. Any any words about this game? Yeah, Dalvin Cook is so good that we call a hundred plus yard game, one twenty game, underwhelming and bad. I completely agree. I don't disagree with your statement. Um, it, it was an underwhelming game from him, from what we've come to expect. But I just wanted to point that out that for. Basically, anybody else in the league, a 120-yard game wouldn't be bad. Not to mention six receptions for 60 yards in the air, but still an underwhelming game for him. Um, anyway, my player of the game here uh, would go to Justin Jefferson. This one led his team in receiving yards, uh, nine receptions for 121 yards and a touchdown. So, good game for him. Who are you giving your uh So, as to? the Vikings have really are really making a play into the thick of the NFC playoff hunt. One guy who has been very underrated, and I would say underappreciated in this run, is Kirk Cousins. He's had an awesome last few games, or or good enough, actually. Maybe that's how I'd phrase it. I'm going to give it to him. Uh, Jefferson and Thielen were great. Uh, by the numbers, Cook was pretty good, too. But I am going to give it to Kirk as we can move on to our next game. Yeah, so the next game we have here... Uh, was one of the more had one of the more interesting endings to a game uh, I personally ever seen. Uh, in this one, we had the Las Vegas Raiders against the New York Jets. This game was ridiculous. So uh, we'll start with uh, the Raiders star. I would call him now tight end Darren Waller. One, he had a huge game. He had uh, I think so. He had two hundred yards, uh, two touchdowns, and I think. 13 receptions, something ridiculous like that. Um, he really went off. He was he was insane, uh, to put it simply. Uh, but trailing, or, or no, not trailing, leading 24 to 13 with, um, in the fourth quarter, usually uh, it's probably a win, but then the Raiders just choked. It didn't really look like uh, they wanted to win the game. Let the Jets score two touchdowns, go up 28 to 24. Then the Raiders proceeded to drive all the way down the field, just to stall out on fourth and fourth down. Uh, then they got a stop. This was all within like a minute. 
all of a sudden, five seconds left, they have like two shots to the end zone. Uh, first or 15 seconds left, two shots to the end zone, basically. Uh, first one, Henry Ru- or Nelson Aguilar absolutely toasted his defender, uh, and Derek Carr just completely missed him. So that would have been one. And then the next play, uh, Henry or Greg Williams, also uh, known for conducting the bounty gate in New Orleans. Um, drew up one a play that in this exact situation, or not this exact situation, but in this criteria has never been ran before. It was an all-out blitz, basically, but you just don't usually see it with the game on the line and they needing, and them needing a huge pass. Since an all-out blitz, uh, rookie corner Lamar Jackson gets absolutely toasted by one of the league's fastest players, Henry Ruggs, and, and that was history. Uh, Greg Williams got fired for the poor call or the fact that maybe they could have been tanking there, one of the two, but um, either way, this was a an absolutely ridiculous ending to a game that uh, I didn't expect to be that good, but it was pretty good. Yeah, so uh, just to go back to that last play, ESPN Stats and Info said that two hundred since 2006, they've been tracking this, 256 of this scenario um, which was uh, a shot from 40-plus to the end zone with a uh, down four with a chance to win the game. 256 of these plays have happened since 2006. The Jets, the first one to blitz uh, on, this, on that type of play. Just goes to show you how crazy this play was. Nobody does this. Uh, obviously, except Greg Williams, who unfortunately got fired the next day. As it was, at least in my opinion, I, mean, I think it's pretty obvious it was, they were attempting to tank in this game. I mean, you don't just try to, you know, especially not if you're, you know, it's one thing if you're going to do it on a play before and just, and get lucky on it. Why wouldn't you do it again? Why would, you know, clearly their receivers are better and are going to beat your D-backs, as they saw before Aguilar was overthrown, um, you know, why, right, why would you put your more pressure on your D-backs uh, and not even have a safety when uh, they're trying to throw the ball deep? It doesn't make any sense, uh, and unless you're trying to tank, which is fairly obvious that the Jets are trying to do, and unfortunately, Greg Williams got fired probably as... A message to the NFL to try to say we're not tanking, don't penalize us. Even though they basically made a big, you know, if you if you were to draw up how how you allow yourself to to get beat on a play like that, that's probably how you draw it up is is bring seven guys and not have a safety. Um, anyway, uh, crazy end to the game. Who are you going to give your play of the game to? I'll give it to Darren Waller quite obvious. Uh, there was not much defense in this game. Uh, there was not... Mm, no, no one else who really had a standout performance. Ruggs was pretty good. But uh, I think this is easily Waller's award. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I'm giving it to Waller as well. Now for our second to last game of the... Uh, actually, it's our last game. There was no other games worth talking about. Sorry for the uh, mistake there. Uh, Browns Titans. So the Browns came out and scored 38 points in the first half, uh, as the Titans only scored seven. That was that. That was the game. But the Titans did get it 
close and technically it was within reach. Uh, had they recovered an onside kick, which seems to never, um, never happen in this day and age. But uh, some players who had standout performances, Baker Mayfield, um, who continues to have one of the biggest on and off seasons. Uh, uh, ben, I hear you have words. <laughs> yeah, so Baker Mayfield had by far one of my favorite quotes by an NFL player of all time. Post-game, Baker Mayfield, when asked on his improved play, says, and I quote, Whenever I'm about to do something on or off the field, I always think, would an idiot do that? <laughs> if they were, if they would. I don't do it. Great way to think about life, guys. I never, I didn't hear that. Uh, that's quite interesting uh, because some of his personal decisions uh, question <laughs> if, if he's an idiot or not. But anyway, uh, this is quite a game. The Browns really, they, as much as I hate the Browns, not like as a team, just their team this year, I just don't think they're very good. Uh, they proved something to me that they're not really like Super Bowl contenders, but they're a legit team. Uh, as they have a huge meet with the Ravens. Uh, now, the, you already knew this game was a bit off when Derrick Henry just sort of randomly fumbled. Uh, it was just, that was it for the Titans. It was a moment yeah. killer. Uh, as for my player of the game, I think I'm gonna have, go have, have to go with Baker now. Uh, Landry had a great game. Some other players, including an offensive lineman, caught a touchdown. But Mayfield, he really, uh, as that quote said, he did not play like an idiot in that one. Uh, the Browns, or Baker Mayfield is my player of the game. Yeah, I think I would give it to Baker as well. Um, I liked uh, how he played, and he has obviously shown improvements, and has, uh, at least thus far in the season, not played like an idiot. Um, but I think, um, unfortunately, I do think eventually he's going to fall back off these four uh, last or these these last four games of the season because it seems to be the cycle with Mayfield is he uh, he starts playing well silences all the hater then haters and then flops again and then um, it's just a and it's just it's just a repetitive cycle uh, gets in a bunch of commercials and then the commercials airs as he as he's playing terribly um, but anyway. Um, I'm giving it to Baker Mayfield, and yeah, that wraps up this episode, other than the fact that we are going to real quick talk about um, tonight's Thursday Night Football game, and then we will be done. Uh, tonight, an interesting one between the Patriots and the Rams, a rematch of one of the worst Super Bowls of all time uh, a couple of years ago. Over-under is set at 43.5 in this one, with the Rams being 4.5-point favorite. Started off with the over-under here. Over or under? Uh, so, I'm going to go I'm gonna go over, but I don't think it's going to be far over, but I'm going to go over close. Both teams have good defenses, but their offenses, maybe not the Patriots, but the Rams can definitely put up points at time. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. Um, I think... Although Cam Newton and the Patriots offense uh, has struggled mightily at some points in the season, they put up 45 uh, in a blowout win over the Chargers that... Um, Led by Gunner. Yeah. Uh, so, for our straight up and on the spread picks, uh, I'm uh, not completely bold one, but it's somewhat bold. Uh, I'm going to go to the Patriots in this one. Uh, I, I already told you. I said this on air. I said this too. Human, human in real life. Uh, I think the Rams may be the best team in the NFC, 
But uh, we see Jared Goff get intimidated by good defenses, and I would say the Patriots have one of those. Uh, so I think the Patriots sneak out a very close one tonight. Yeah, um, I don't hate that prediction, but I mean, I am going to go with um, with the Rams in this one. Um, I think this is also kind of quiet, sneakily Belichickian game, uh, where it's one of those games where uh, he works his magic and he um, he finds a way to take away what the Rams want to do, which is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then play action pass. Um, so I think he's going to try to shut that down. So will be interesting. Should be uh, an interesting one tonight. I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Yeah, uh, just to go back to the Patriots for a second, uh, they're going to need some maybe special teams luck from uh, Gunner, maybe um, maybe a, a defensive touchdown or, or some big defensive plays because Cam Newton can't throw the ball more than six yards down the field. He threw for 69 yards, and they won 45 nothing. So like, you'd think he'd have a good game because it's a 45 nothing win, but no, he's trash. He's absolute garbage. But I think Goff has one of those games where um, he's sort of underwhelming and intimidated, which seems to be like every other game in Goff's career. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots in this one as uh, that wraps up this episode. Yeah, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with predictions for more of this week's football games. But until then, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.